Hello and welcome to the Farming Banker Podcast. My name is Jeremy Dutch and I am the Farming Banker. Uh, I'm also a commercial lender for German American State Bank, specializing in agricultural um, needs and real estate needs. And uh, I'm really excited about this podcast. This is one I've been waiting for uh, for a long time uh, since I started this deal. And, and uh, before, first, before I get into it, I just want to give you a quick uh, housekeeping stuff. If you want to be on this podcast or if you want to get in touch with me because you need a farming banker, please visit my website at www.farmingbanker.com. I've added a blog. I've added an intro video. Uh, there's tons of information to get to know me and, and to see if there's something you know that, that, that is there that might be a good fit with your operation and, and reaching out to me. So I, I'd love for you, you know, anybody to go take a you know, a quick second uh, or spend some time on it, whatever you want to do, and uh, go check out my website, farmingbanker.com. All my contact information is there along with all the social media. So this is Saving the Farm series, and I am so excited about this. This is something I've, I've for the last seven months, I've been trying to put together and, and dream about how we would do this, and I got to finally sit down and get uh, uh, some of my mom and dad, Lenny and Tammy's thoughts on, on where the farm started, you know, struggles that we had, things of that sort. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So on this series here, this is the 80s. This is when my mom and dad, um, you know, were coming back, uh, it, you know, had, had basically come back from college um, and just starting their way in the farm. Um, went through the, you know, agricultural crisis in the 80s. Um, and some of the uh, ideas and things that they did to pull us out of that. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Take care. All right, so here we are with the um, Saving the Farm podcast. This is something that uh, I've been thinking about for, I don't know, seven, eight months. Um, you can hear our, our trusty guard dog in the background. Um, she guards the whole Dutch ranch around here. <laughs> But um, I've been, I'm excited to put this together because uh, for a long time I've been thinking about, you know, the Dutch farm story and where it's been and, you know, all this, you know, where we started to where we've been and thinking about how it goes forward and where it fits in with everything. And, um, you know, it's important to me to have, you know, everybody understand it and listen to it. You know, I, I lived some of it. You guys lived some of it. And, you know, the boys uh, here and, and, and Beth, my wife here, are starting to live some of it. So put a lot of it in perspective. It's kind of cool. I just thought we have a really cool, you know, story to share. So um, so I got uh, today I've got my mom and dad, Lenny and Tammy. I've got uh, my uh, family. I got Beth and my two boys, Will and Chris here. And so we're just going to share the Dutch farm story and kind of title it uh, uh, saving, the, uh, saving the Farm. So mom and dad, go ahead. Well, I, I guess I would start with, um, you know, Troy and Virginia are the one that started the Dutch farms. And and uh, they came from families, very large families in southern Illinois. One of them was 12 and one of them was 14. Both of them came from farming backgrounds, but they got married very young and lived in southern Illinois. And it was, it's very, very poor. Um, there really wasn't much room on on uh, my dad's farm, John Dutch's farm. And... So they decided to try to come north and try to get uh, started farming. Um, they had to do a lot of jobs, um, whether it was waitressing in Chicago or, 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 you know, where it took them to try to make end meets. They, they ended up with three young children at that time before they got started farming. 
um, and along with me and my brother came along, which made five of us. Um, my dad was working at Brennan Cattle Company, um, just working the stockyards out there, trying to figure out how he was going to get farming. And he kind of got to know a guy um, that bought cattle there, um, owned a butcher shop in Rockford. And he had a dairy farm, and, and uh, he had had uh, two clients on there before that had rented that farm that had not made it. They had both went broke, mm-hmm. and he wanted uh, my dad to start farming. And, and so he um, said, I, you know, I, I just don't have the money to start. And he said, well, let's go talk to my banker. He took him to his banker and talked to him, and, and he, they need, he needed $10,000 to get started. And the banker said, you know, no, I just, you don't have any collateral. I just, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Ellers, at that time, uh, not not Mr. Ellers, um, gosh, his name uh, passes me now. Um, But he he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll loan him $5,000 if you'll loan him $5,000. Yeah, and so the the banker <laughs> said, "Well, okay, I got a deal for you. You loan him the five thousand. I'll loan him five thousand, but I want you to sign for the other five thousand. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so he did that, and they were on that farm for ten years, um, and uh, nobody had been on that farm for ten years and made it, and it was a real slow uh, production. They, you know, they fed all their calves, and everybody did all the chores. And after ten years, then they came over to Boone County." and uh, bought a farm on their own. And that, that's kind of where the whole Dutch farms uh, started right there. Yeah, so was that the one that's over in Rockton? Is that the farm that they started on? Yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know you've taken me by there before. Yeah. And so that was the one, that's where they started their farming. The, the problem with that farm and the why people, why people hadn't um, made it on that farm was that it was it's sandy. And so... Even the ten years that he was there, seven of those years, um, the you know dry weather um, really pretty much ruined the crop. But through a good job of milking cows and um, raising the the animals, and, and the fellow that backed him owned a butcher shop, and all those being butchered and yeah. and hauling his own milk and, so, and a lot of hard work, he he was able to save up enough money and and come over here and buy a farm, and that's where we started on Randall Road in Boone County. Yep. Yeah. So take us from there. Um, you know, your guys' story and, and how that, how, you know, where you guys get mixed in, um, where you, where, you know, at, at whatever point that it, it, you know, you feel is appropriate to start talking about where it brings you two together, whatever, you know, backstory you need to give, you know, at that cattle farm on Randall Road. Well, you know, it all started good and he had been kind of slow and well, you know, us farmers, we can get, uh, get up over our skis sometimes. So, <laughs> You know, we decided building building cattle and, and dairying. So he had himself. So we had bought another farm. Uh, we were dairying on that farm. We were feeding cattle on the home farm along with had hogs. Um, yeah. Along with that, he was running um, pea combines for uh, Green Giant in the summer. Both my older brothers were running um, for Green Giant. Everybody pretty much had a job. There was a, there was a. It was a lot of work, but everybody was poor, but he had health problems. He had a heart attack when he was in his 30s. Yeah. And that kind of set us back. Um, And so then, you know, time passed. Um, You know, it was back in the 60s. My brothers went off to college, went off to the University of Illinois, and, and my sister went off to Illinois State, became teachers, and 
doctors and, and the other one was very interested in ag and took kind of an ag background and actually ended up back over on the farm that uh, my dad had started on. Um, but then, you know, me and Tammy got married. Um, and, I came along. And you came along. That's yep. right. That's yep. right. And, and we rented a little house and and we wanted to, to come back to the farm, which, you know, the farm didn't have a lot of income. And I, I think, you know, I mean, this really dates it, but I think at the time we got $300 a week, didn't no, we? No, $150 a week. That was our paycheck. Yeah, 150. And our rent was $150 a month. <laughs> so you could live good. You know, there was three weeks that you, you had some disposable income. We, we love, lived pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, Mom, what were you, I mean, when this, you know, obviously the background is extremely important. And some of it I didn't even know. So I'm really thankful you went into some of that. Um, but, you know, for you too, Mom, I mean, you know, you, you grew up, you know, in town, you know, not on a farm. You know, I know your dad, you know, grandpa, um, you know, was, was on one as a, as a kid and, and some, you know, had some things, you know, farm ties that way, but I know you didn't. Yeah. What was it like for you when you first moved out here and got into this? I mean, what, what were you feeling? Well, for me, it was a rude awakening. It was a culture shock, you know, and I, I grew up in a small town, but it was still not farming. Yeah. And so that was, um, you know, melding the two types of lifestyles. I learned how I had to work much harder than I did when I lived in town. Um, I remember being pregnant and we were building, pulling out fences to put some cattle in. Yeah. And I thought, I shouldn't be out here doing this. But <laughs> I realized it doesn't matter if you're pregnant or not, you're still going to go out and work. And so we learned that. We learned we had to buy some cattle and make our own way on the farm. So we bought four little, little calves and we raised them and um, bred them and our and you guys eventually had 4-H calves for those, but yep. um, I remember going to the sale barns, and I was so pregnant, sitting on those hard cement things and buying our cattle, and we were so proud of that. We were, we were just tickled to death to have those cattle. We, we also went and built, because um, we tried to, have, we, we needed to find our niche on the farm, and you know, $150 obviously wasn't going to take us far, and, and um, we, so we start building some calf hutches and I start talking to local dairy farmers and start buying their um, calves, um, their bull calves, had a couple of them and, and me and Tammy started raising calves from calf hutches and raising those up and- Bottle feeding them. Bottle yeah. feeding them, Tammy did, did a lot of that and, and uh, till we, till we you know, made something start contributing to the farm too. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you guys, uh, you, you lived on that Coontrail Road farm and, and you had that income, you got started. What, um, you know, at what point did, you know, you guys have talked about, you know, in the past when I, and you tell the Dutch farm story about needing to get off farm income, you know, and then it's um, kind of coming full circle for me as we're talking about this, because, you know, mom, you've talked about, you know, the house that you guys built and, you know, how you, you guys lobbied and, you know, the, the, you know, just all the sacrifices to get it going and it's full circle for, you know, us, Beth and our boys, because now we live there, you know. And so at what point did, you know, you know, did you guys get to the, you know, that part where, you know, you guys wanted to build and, and you, you kind of found your niche? Where At that point, what were you guys doing? What was going on? Well, what? at that time, we, we were living in that little tiny house and we had another baby, your sister Shauna. Yep. And we realized we were really outgrowing that house. So we decided we <clears> probably <throat> better build a house and we planned to have more children. So at that point, we decided we'd like to build a house. 
Unfortunately, it was during the recession, and interest rates were 22, 22.5% interest, and the banks weren't taking kindly to loaning young, <laughs> new farming um, couples the money. So yeah. your dad had to really go to work and do some, do some figuring there. Well, we had we had worked on buying a house, and it, you know things were in trouble, trouble the whole economy. So, you know, you're trying to figure out how can I take advantage of that to try to make something good out of it. Well, we had bought there was a, a housing company called Ridgeline, and and they they were going out of business, and so they had these kits for the houses, and so they they were fifty percent off. Everything was yeah. they were liquidating. So yep. we bought this kit for forty thousand dollars to build a house. Gotcha. The only problem, so it was a heck of a deal. I mean, it yeah. was half the price of a house. The only problem, the only problem was you had to put it together. Yeah. It was all stick built and we, we put it together. And, and the, the, yeah, the funny thing is, is it the bank didn't think that was the deal of the century? <laughs> I know you probably look at that now and say, you know, I, yeah. I had to say, you know, no, I can, we, me and my dad and my brother, um, you know, which he built a house too. We we, yeah. we can build this house. <laughs> you know, and then so convincing the bank that we could uh, we could do that along with it. Uh, with, well, with I, I have to jump in here. I re I remember being very nervous and scared. I had yeah. two little children, no place to live. We were out growing the house, and I was so proud of your dad because we went in and talked to the banker, and he made you know back that was before we had computers, so yeah. he made a chart and graphed how much income from when we started to where we were four years later and how much he had each year we had steadily grown in income. And it kind of started out, you know, I mean, we really had to use that to sell. Yeah, to sell yourselves, yeah. We're hard workers. We're not going to shy away from it. And the banker really took, took uh, <laughs> to that chart. And actually every year after that, we took that chart in for a long time and, and kind of joked about it. But yeah, remember, we were way down here. Now look at where we are. So yeah, we're, I still have that chart. And so during that time, just real quick, Dad, maybe you wanted to say something, but during that time, real quick, what what was the what were we doing on the farm as far as acres, animal? You know, you had talked about we were daring at one point. We were feeding um, beef beef cattle too, and had some hogs. You know, anything else we were doing? Well, at, well, at that time, you know, there's a little bit of a backstory to that because dad, my dad, had so many health problems, mm -hmm. and he had actually had a couple more heart attacks, and had been, and you know, prior to that happened, we had actually sold out for a year, and uh, we're, we're actually out of farming for two years just because of health. Um, he was really the doctors didn't give him much choice of living, and he didn't know what to do. What to do? Well, he ended up getting uh, my my brother had become a doctor, and through connections, he got a he got a hospital in Milwaukee at St. Luke's to do bypass surgery on him back then, which they had only did three surgeries at the time, and they had only saved one person. So pretty that, risky. Pretty risky. Didn't so think he was a good so anyway, he did this. And, um, and and he, he he lived through it, and about a year later he got better. And you know, as that came, he said, "Let's let's go, let's you know, let's start farming." And uh, John Steve Deere felt a lot better, didn't he? Yeah. So <laughs> John, John Deere at this time had, had this, you know, but his prognosis was still not great. Yeah. So they had a deal where you know he couldn't get any life insurance because at that time you couldn't buy life insurance if you had high risk. He had high risk. So. Yeah. And uh, his life expectancy still wasn't that good. And um, so he decided to go to John Deere. They had a deal where you could buy new machinery 
and and there was no questions on life insurance. You could just uh, sign the life insurance, and as as if you passed, that it was paid off. And he yep. thought, what a deal! Yeah, I'm going to get you boys started farming right here. So I'm going to go buy all bought a new combine, bought a couple new tractors, and got you know we were set up. And he said, you know, when I pass, these things will be paid for. Yeah, but he lived to pay them for them all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the plan the plan worked that uh, got you guys started farming, but um, you had to pay it through farm income and sweat, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. But back to your question, we were, um, my brother Ben had came back to the farm also, and he was dairy, and he was kind of in charge of the dairy cattle, and um, he was dairying well. We were, we were we were feeding 400 head of cattle. We had hogs. We were going, and and you know things, even though interest rates were tough and everything, it it looked pretty good. Yeah. Well, then we had a um, fellow that came along, and he said, "I'd like to buy your cattle farm." He was a he was a um, a cattle buyer for um, a cattle company out of Chicago, and he wanted to raise his own cattle, mm-hmm. and um, he wanted to be in that production to, to to sell those cattle to his own market. Yep. And so he offered us a heck of a price for the farm, and uh, things couldn't have looked brighter. We sold the farm to him. And then went and bought three more farms. <laughs> we couldn't just do one. We had to right. do three, right? Yeah, they were a combination of three farms. <coughs> and we bought those farms. And and uh, things were going good. My, my brother's back was starting to bother him. And what, one of those farms is where we're at today. One of those those farms are where we're at today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And, uh, and actually that time when we sold that cow farm was just before you were born. Yeah. Just before I was yeah. born. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that that looked pretty promising, and, and uh, as you know, uh, as we went on, and then about two or three years later, think that's when the the whole farm economy thing hit really bad. Um, the fellow that we had sold it on a land contract, and then we had bought these farms, um, you know, and that payment from that farm was making all the other payments. We, yeah. They had a strike at the cattle company that he was working for. He lost his job at the time as a cattle buyer because they closed the factory up. Yep. He had no market for his cattle, and he couldn't make the payment. Um, you know, and, and, and so now we couldn't make the payment because he couldn't make the payment. Yeah. Meanwhile, interest rates are going up. Land values are going down. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, we really found ourselves upside down. Yeah, so everything went from being, you know, really good and looking very promising to in the blink of an eye, it was, yeah. like yeah. you said, at that point was out over our skis, what are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. Which, well, which was very common for yeah. a lot of farmers well, at that time. There was, it wasn't just us. No, I, yeah, I know. That. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I want to share this is because, yeah. you know, a lot of people that went through that 80s, you know, everybody has a somewhat of a similar story. But, you know, when you when you go today and, you know, some of the, the smaller farm crises we've had today, you know, a lot of the lessons learned in, in how to get out of that can be gleaned from what happened in the 80s. And so that's one of the reasons I want to share our story is that maybe, it, you know, if there's something in here that helps somebody else that's going through something, you know, it's a good deal for, for us and them and the whole, you know, Ag space and, and agriculture itself. So yeah, well, we, we learned a lot of life lessons during <clears throat> yeah. that time. Yeah, it was sure. it was really a, a tough time. I mean, people were getting the machinery picked up in the fields. 
um, you know, uh, dealers and dealers went down too. Yeah. Um, you know, John Deere dealers, international dealers went down with the whole thing too, but banks were foreclosing on people and, um, there were, you know, it was forcing them to sell land and, um, force them to liquidate machinery. And we, we were no different than everybody else. We were out over our skis because we couldn't, um, you know, the, basically the, the, the fellow had bought the farm. He lost his home farm too. Yeah. And he came back and said, you know, I can't make your payments. You either take the farm back or let me sell it at a real big discount, or I'm going to just have to tie it up in court for three years. And, and, you know, we really had went and talked to our lender, and our lender said, we'll have you sold out in three years. We, yeah. you, you can't survive it. Yeah. Um, and you said challenge accepted? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not, not quite that easily. Yeah. And, it was, and then, you know, the, the combination of interest rates going up to the to the tank. And, you know, I mean, just to put it in perspective, and if that, that was in the 80s at one time, you know, we were worth a million dollars and we're two million dollars in debt. Yeah, in the eighties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you can, if you can think about that today, and you, especially you, Jeremy, in your banking industry now, I don't know what, how you would look at somebody that was, you know, had a million dollars asset and was two million dollars in debt. Yeah. That that probably wouldn't be looked upon too good. No, it, it, that would be a <laughs> negative net worth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. I, I certainly so get it. We, we're a risky business. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, what, take us through what you guys did. I mean, what, what were you, what were you thinking? You know, I mean, you, you said, you know, obviously we still are here. We're still farming. So, you know, we didn't get sold out, but I'm sure we, we had to make a lot of different changes, a lot of hard, you know, conversations, a lot of hard work. I mean, what, you know, Tell us a little bit about what happened from there. Well, so we did, we went, uh, you know, we sat down, we sat down with the bank, we sat down with our families and said, you know, what can we, what can we do? Um, you know, one of the things that the bank had said is we're not loaning you any more money to operate on. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're going to take, we're going to try to figure out to do what you, with your assets. Should we sell them? Should we foreclose on them? But we're yeah. not, we're not going to loan you any more money to, yep. to operate on. We're not going to loan you any more money to live on. So we we had to figure out how to, how we could live. So my yeah. mom um, went out and uh, lobbied to get jobs and everything and ended up with a job at the tollway. Um, and that was very, very, very helpful. So she went to work. She wasn't working. Tammy went to work waitressing. Yeah. Um, she went to work so, so, so that we had an income. She went to work waitressing, went off the farm. I started looking for some contracts or something that we could do along with, uh, with my brother then had decided, um, you know, well, maybe he would start to look for something to do too and, and get off the uh, dairy farm. Well, you know, we didn't have any, we couldn't put in, it was hard to put a corn crop in because we didn't have the money to do it. Yep. Um, and, you know, so, you know, I had this idea of maybe we could, uh, along with the brainstorming with my brothers and the rest of the family, <clears throat> that maybe we could raise hay. You know, hay, you could put alfalfa seed at one year, and then we could, you know, then we didn't have to keep putting inputs into it. Yeah. Um, but we needed a market. Yeah. You know, where are you going to market all that hay? So we... We went, I, I, you know, today I have a hard time believing I did this. <laughs> I don't, you know. This is, I'm going to say, honestly, this this part that you're just about to say is one of the most, this is one of the things that I'm most proud about, mm -hmm. you know, the and farm, I, I, and I that really, you did that. You know, I just can't believe it. I, I really, 
you know, the horse market was hard. You know, I thought about trying to get into the racehorses. And, yeah. you know, then I learned that, you know, that market was pretty tied up. Um, they didn't like you. The people that had that market didn't like you trying to get into it. And you better uh, know what you're doing to try to get to the tracks. So I thought about the zoos. And I thought, well, I'll go in, you know, Brookfield Zoo. I'll go into Chicago and just meet with them. So I showed up. I just went into Brookfield Zoo. Was it paid, prearranged, or did you no. just, <laughs> just... You just... I just paid Knocked my, on the door, paid no, your admission? I paid, my, I paid my admission to walk through the door. I walked through the door, and I said, Where, who, who buys the feed here? And uh, went down, and, and, and it took me a little while to get to the first person, and finally I got to a person, and this, this guy says, you know, I'm the... I'm the guy that purchases the hay. Mm -hmm. and for so, the pachyderm house. And for the pachyderms, which is the elephants. And, yep. and, and he was really a lot like my dad. And we hit it right, hit it off right away. And I just, I, you know, I told him my story. And I said, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to get a market. How to, I want to grow a premium product. I want you to be happy with it. And I need a market. Yeah. And uh, he talked and he said, well, it, it is, it's a struggle for us to get, um, Hey, that we want and Good. get it serviced. You know, we're in we're in the city, and he said it, it isn't that easy for us. So, you know, you you let's talk. Yeah. And so I basically talked to him. He says, you know, first of all, I don't like international balers because they their spinners spin the leaves off it. He goes, I want a I want a pan kicker. Yeah. That, that leaves the leaves on the on the hay when you when you kick it. Yeah. He he was pretty fussy. Yeah, and he he walked me over to the pachyderm house, the elephant house, and he said, "And this is where you have to unload it." And it was a kind of a snaky little area that went back in behind a shed, and it was you had to go through the whole zoo to get there. Yeah, I remember that as a uh -huh. kid. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, and, and he said, "You know, can you can you deliver hay here?" And of course, I said, "Yeah, I can deliver hay there." <laughs> you were you were yes man to anything, yeah, right? I, was I didn't know I was going to deliver it in there, but. But uh, we, so we did, and he said, oh, you know what, you get your hay, send me a sample of it, and if I like it, let's see what we can do. So, so we did that. We sent him a sample. He liked it. Long story short, we, we had a great relationship. We built a, a, a deck on a two-ton truck that was kind of like a car hauler on the top. I remember that. It worked really good to come into that, and I mean, they bought two, three loads a week, and it was a consistent market. Um, paid top dollar for it. Um, it was a lot of management for that hay, and and um, so that was really. And it was they bought it all year long. So now all of a sudden we had cash flow. Yeah. We didn't need to go to the bank. We didn't need to say we got to have money to live on because we we had money coming in like a milk check. Yeah. Um, so that that worked pretty good. But we 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 you know we had a lot of acres of hay. Um, not all of it can be high quality hay. Some of it gets rained on. Yep. But we had to have it tested too. It had to <coughs> requirements. If yeah. we didn't meet those requirements, they wouldn't take the hay. Yeah. So, so, so uh, you know, we ended up at Milwaukee Zoo. I, I thought if it worked out at Brookfield, we could go make it work at Milwaukee. Yep. I tried that one. Wasn't it as successful at Milwaukee Zoo? They bought hay from us, but they wouldn't give us a contract. They just bought it load by load as they needed it. They, yeah. they didn't give us a contract for the hay like Brookfield ended up doing. And then we had, uh, there's a, there was a place in Wisconsin called the, Car the Cow Palace that raised a lot of cows. And at that time, hay had kind of, one of the things that hay had done is went up in price. And there hadn't been a good year, so that, that was kind of a plus for us. So yeah. between uh, me and Tammy and some grandchildren, or not grandchildren, but some grandchildren of 
of Jenny and Trice, yep. uh, our nephews, we bailed, the one year we bailed 40,000 bales of square bales. And those so are small squares. Like, small to put squares. it in perspective, it's not yeah. like the... And my brother, Ben, and, and all of us, you know, kicked in and we bid them and we loaded them all winter long and, and yep. that was our market. That's about the time I remember. You know, if, I, if you yeah. ask, like, where, you know, somebody asked me, what do you remember, you know, as a kid growing up? I, that's about the time I remember just... And for me, I you know, I didn't know all the stuff was going on. I just thought it was a big party, you know. <laughs> I mean, I really did. I mean, we had, you know, um, John was always out here working, and, and you know, um, Brett Becker and Hermie, my godfather, Jeff Hermanson. I mean, all these people are always there, and Grandma Bruce was always... Cleland. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Cleland. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there just was a ton of names of people that came through, and, you know, it just, it was, it was one of those, you know, things as a kid growing up, it felt cool because... You know, there was always a lot of people around, and it always seemed like we were just, we were working, we were going after a goal. I'd love listening to all your guys' stories, at, you know, when we'd break to go, you know, eat lunch at, at Grandma's or something. It was just, as a kid, it was really cool. And I've said in one of the videos I did, you know, it was funny, <clears throat> I didn't really re realize we were working as hard as we did until you get out of that environment and you're like, you, you, you know, you understand like, wow, we were really working hard, you know, but you didn't realize it because I didn't have any perspective other than what that was. We had a, the, the, we usually delivered hay on Monday morning to the Brookfield Zoo. Uh, almost every Monday morning um, that they had to have hay. And you want to beat the traffic a little bit. That was not the easiest thing to do is to take it through Chicago. So almost every Sunday afternoon we'd loaded, we would, you know, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, we would go get a load of hay loaded, yep. strapped down on the truck, put in the shed so that it was ready to go early Monday morning. And you... And the kids, the whole family. I mean, whether whoever was available. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't in the nice spring. It was always <clears throat> it was in the winter. winter. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was cold up in those hay miles. It was. I mean, it didn't matter if you were Shauna or Barry or you or yep. brothers. Whoever it was was available. Well, sometimes our friends got roped into it, yeah, too. Yeah. You know, if you, our friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. If, you, if you had somebody stay over, they got roped into doing it, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like you said, in the winter it was cold, but I remember in the winter is when, you know, you'd pull a bale and you'd see a whole family of raccoons, raccoons and so you just bad. never knew what sometimes surprises you'd get up there. Yep, yeah. spring, run off. Yeah. You know, so that's, that solved one problem a little bit is that, you know, we kind of put a tourniquet on the bleeding. Yeah. Um, you know, that we didn't have to have an operating note, but we still had the problem of, and we couldn't pay the interest on the land, yeah. let alone the payment. Um, you know, with interest rates as high as they were, the interest was, was eating us up yep. on the land. We owned too much. Um, we ended up settling for, on the one farm, for about half of what it was sold for originally. Uh, and he sold it, so, you know, that, that didn't work out well. So, yeah. So, you know, they, they were, the bank was okay. That kept us from getting sold out. Yeah. Yep. And that kept us, that gave us time. Yep. But we still had to figure out, you know, how, how are we going to stop stop the rest of it so um, my brother that was dairy and we ended up selling the dairy farm out selling the cows out and he ended up leaving to go work on construction and do some of those things we um, sold part of our land um, and did some of some of that we started uh, growing um, some dairy heifers for for a guy instead of trying to feed cattle like we did we started buying heifers and breeding them for, for a farm, uh, for Leonard Bistro that was just a I wonderful, remember that now. He wow. was a wonderful person to us, and yeah. you know, he had us raising heifers, and that became, we didn't have to own them, and 
and have that money, but yet we had income from them. And so that, you know, as unlucky as we were in some things, we were very lucky in, in some other ways of finding some contracts. So, that, you know, we, we you know, it's a, it's a funny story. My mom always thought we threw her under the bus, but so the board of directors, you know, didn't, didn't like what was going on. And they said, you know, something has to be done, even though our- At the bank? Yeah. Okay. Even though our, our lender, you know, was trying to help us, the board of directors said, you know, we're, yeah, I'm sorry, but we're going to, we're going to have to meet with them. Um, yeah. They, uh, my dad ended up with something going and we had hated the liver or something was going on when that date came on and my mom was the Lone Ranger. Yeah. And it wasn't, we didn't mean to abandon her, but she ended up being the Lone Ranger in front of the board of directors. But so. not that she couldn't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that straight. Yeah. So, she, so she did, so she, you know, was in front of the board of directors and told them, you know, we're going to get it figured out. We're, we're working on it. You know, we, we, we know we have to do some things. We're working on getting some of those things done and we'll, we'll go. And I think that's really one of the points where me and Tammy got really, really involved um, and kind of where, you know, you, you'd ask where we took off because we, we sold a little bit of land. Dad's health wasn't that good. And, and, and one of the requirements at the bank at that time was they said, you know what, we'll, we're going to give you a little more time. Mm -hmm. um, but Lenny and Tammy, we want your signature on them too. Yeah. So we'd like to have everything. So we want to, if we have to recruit, it's going to be your house. You know, we want your house in here too. And they'll, you know, we want everything along with the fact that with Lenny and Tammy, we have a lot more years to recoup our money. Yeah. And so we, we want your name on this. So that was the big thing. We had to come home and say, okay, we're going to, what we have built here individually. You got to put it all up. We're going to put it all up. And so was it, and, and when you said the house, all that, I mean, that's what, where we live today? Yep. Okay. So, yeah. so, so the we, house that we, we live in today, you and, and all you built, you had to put up to get to, to, to let them to give us just a one year extension. Yeah. To figure stuff out. How they made, I mean, what, what did you guys feel through that? I mean, were uh, you that scared? That was a pretty big discussion. We yeah. were scared. Yep. We were, you know, is it worth the risk? And obviously, we decided it was. Yeah. Yep. We're here today, and, so yeah. Yep. And we, we said, you know what? We've worked hard before. We can figure our way out of this. We're, we're not afraid of hard work, which farmers aren't afraid of hard work. No. And they know to stay in business, that's what it takes. It's a lot of hard work. And so we, we made a commitment to it, and we got to work. Yeah. 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 And so <clears throat> was you, you had talked to, um, about that time was that, I remember you guys also, re you know, you talked about outside income or off-farm income. And, you know, even to this day, as a lender, it's invaluable, you know, to have that, um, you know, within the, the farm operation. And, and so I know you, you had said, mom, you were, you know, um, do you were a waitress in the Shirley's. And I, re I remember, I don't know if it was Sunday mornings or whatever it was that you used to take us kids up to. And we always thought it was such a treat to go see mom, you know, at work. And I even remember, I know it was like a big country breakfast or something yeah. that I always Farm, would. It was called the farmer special. That's what it was. Yeah. The farmer <laughs> special. I love to order yeah. that. <clears throat> but, um, in addition to that, I remember being around, you know, a lot of gyms and, in, 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 you know, uh, even not, not just at North Boone, but all, all over. Cause you guys were both ref and you were ref in volleyball and you were ref in basketball too. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. I know you guys were trying to do stuff with that. And believe it or not, that was pretty, 
that was a pretty good little paycheck back then. Yeah. I mean, it's today. I know they. It, it doesn't seem like much, but back then that was that was quite a deal. Yeah. That so put that put groceries <laughs> yeah. on the table. So I mean, you know, this is this is the interesting thing, and and one of the reasons why, boys, I want you know, Will and Chris, I wanted you guys to be here is just to see, you know, everything that and hear everything that was was on the table that has been risked, you know, because. It, you know, you guys are the future of the farm, and, and it's, uh, you know, sometimes you can't go forward without knowing where you've been, and and so it's interesting, but it's, it, you know, I just, I I find it fascinating and, and just thankful that when you guys talk about all the stuff that, you know, you've overcome and all the different things that, you know, job-wise and all that, all their stuff that you guys did, I mean, it was... I mean, it's quite a story, just just to this point. I mean, yeah. we haven't even, right. you know, it's not even, I don't even know if it's halfway through our story, a quarter right. through our story. I mean, I don't even know, but, I mean, that was all, everything you guys had to deal with right from the start. And, you know, I'm sure it put stress on, you know, you know relationships, it put stress on everything. And, and you know, you guys, you know, being together and, and being best buddies, I mean, it's, it, it's quite, a, it is quite a thing. And I, I'm just extremely thankful that, you know, you guys gave me the, um, you know, the opportunity to see that and, and, and build the work ethic because as I look at, you know, Beth and I and the boys, I mean, we have a very similar relationship, you know, as a, as a couple that you guys have and, you know, it's just, it's, it's awesome. That's so, important. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, Tammy had this little thing she always put on the, on her refrigerator, which was mm-hmm. the gift of struggle. Yeah. Article. Yeah. And, it was, uh, I think I found it in the farm journal. Yeah. Or dear Ruth Ann, um, farm wives out there will remember Ruth Ann. She had a car, um, column, and in there she talked about the gift of struggle. And we have to teach our kids that struggle isn't a bad thing. And struggle, if you go in and problem solve for every little thing that happens in your life, um, for your kids, they don't learn how to problem solve themselves. And it's a really good article on the gift of struggle. And we found, as I put it on my refrigerator, it was there for 20-some years. And I, as we moved, I found it. You know, we just moved recently, and Jeremy and Beth moved in our house. And we came across, just a little across the yard. And um, I pulled that out, and I read it, and I said, holy cow, that has really been our mantra for life. Is, yeah. You know, times get tough, and you have to struggle, and it's not a bad thing because you really learn from your struggles and you learn how to be, um, you learn how to take care of yourself and what, what hard work has to go into some of those decisions you make. And sometimes it turns out pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah. So how long did you, how, how long did we actually do the hay, the, the zoo contract? Well, um, the zoo contract, I think we probably did it for eight years. Yeah. Something like that. Six, seven, eight years. Yeah, so probably for about eight years. And I really hated to give it up, but we, you know, things got better, and we ended up with that's a whole another story with the trucking side of it. And well, that's that's the up. next yeah. that's the yeah. next podcast. Series. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but you, you know, and Tammy was talking about struggles, and that that's kind of life. You know, we had a down here at the main farm, we had a barn that that uh-huh. uh, kept. That's where we kept the zoo hay. Yeah. So we took. All our hay that wasn't as good a quality, we put it in other locations. We rented different locations to put it. We rented barns and yep. and stuff to put it in. And <clears throat> that location, that's where we put the premium hay. Yep. It was easy to load. It was easy to have the snow moved away. Everything worked good. Well, then on December 18th, one year, we had a microburst that they called it. 
and, 1987. Uh, that was the year Barry was born, and I remember I was I was feeding him during, and I saw that it was lightning, in a blizzard. It was the yeah. weirdest weather. And so basically, the the um, the barn. My dad called me and said, "Len, the barn is gone." I said, "What do you mean the barn is gone?" He said, "The barn is gone." And I went down there, and we had had some show cattle in there at the time. I was my first year in 4-H, yeah, I remember. And we had did embryo transplants <clears throat> to have these cattle that were top-notch and had worked a lot with a neighbor to get this, this done. That was kind of a, another venture that we had gotten into. And uh, this barn, you know, they said because of the barometric pressure and everything, it basically just, it was a microburst that blew up. Yeah. And... Um, so now we had all that zoo hay exposed to the weather along with nails in yep. it. And, you know, you don't want to put hardware or nails or anything into zoo animals. Yep. So now we just lost, you know, about 4,000 bales of zoo hay that's sitting there. So that was a str- those are the struggles, yeah. you know, and we worked through it. Yeah. We got through it. We got some, used some of our other hay and picked through it and got, got done. But we basically, you know, lost that whole deal. So it's... That's kind of the gift of struggle. Yeah. Once you can get through some of those things, you can get through anything. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I just admire, you know, I don't know if it's farmers in general or if it's Dutch farms, but just the the willingness to try or do anything. You know, not, like you said, not scared of hard work or anything like that. I mean, I, I remember I kind of came in probably at the tail end of the zoo contract of, of you know, being a part of it, of, of Mount Hay with, you know, mom and you know some of the neighbor boys and and that kind of thing but i remember i was probably about your age will maybe somewhere between will and chris when we were still delivering a little bit of hay and uh we had we had started um cutting the corn stalks and making corn boy uh the oh, yeah. the bundles of corn and so you know a nursery stand and yeah and so you know it's funny how that you know to hear you tell the story that you know you did it was on the way to the zoo or something i I broke i broke down uh, i blew a radiator hose one day near the zoo and um you know me being a farmer boy from out here kind of scared to go anywhere (laughs) around chicago on ogden avenue and I pull into a, a station there. It kind of looks like a, a combination gra- a gas station, and also sold some green plants and you know some stuff like that. And so I told, showed the guy what I had, and, he, and we talked a little bit. And you know, he's like, "What are you doing in here?" You yeah. Know? And, <laughs> and uh, you know, so we talked a little bit, and he, he said, "You know, I I like to sell bundles of corn stalks and straw." You know, and he says, I get pretty good money for it in here. You know, he says, if you'd bundle it and do you have straw, would you bundle corn stalks? I'm like, I sure would. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, he helped me get that radiator hose fixed up and we ended up being pretty good friends. Yeah. And uh, I would say we did that for 10 years. Took in loads of corn stalks that were bundled up. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time we were getting $2.50, $2.50 a bundle and about Three or four dollars a bale for strong, which was a pretty that was pretty, a pretty good price. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he was selling them for five and eight. Yep. And uh, but we were all pretty tickled. All of us were happy. Yeah. Well, I remember. You know, we used to cut. Was it about twelve stalks in a bundle? Yeah. yeah. Put twelve stalks in a bundle. Tie them up. Yeah. You want strings down? And yep. And tie them up real tight. I remember doing that. That was a lot of the stuff that I know. Those were you know. For me, those were kind of fun special projects that you were giving me when I was around Will's age, you know, being 17 and able to yeah. 
go off and work on myself by myself and have yeah. a, a you know something yeah. that was that was always fun for me to go do. Yeah, we employed a lot of the neighborhood uh, boys. You know, when we were making hay, I mean, obviously it was hard work, but I'm a little bit like you. There, it, a lot of it was fun too. Yeah, I mean, when you work as a common goal for a family and everything, I mean, that's it's there's a lot of fun to it. That's really kind of a bonding moment. Yep. And. Uh, I remember, you know, now when we were young, Eddie Casper worked for us too out Mowen, and we would run in between loads, try to get them unloaded fast enough that we could go play a little basketball before the next load got in. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, we got a lot of funny stories. Some we probably shouldn't tell. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> but we got a lot of funny stories in that whole right. Mowen hay and and all like all that type of stuff. So, well, I, I don't know. I, I I think at this point maybe we should wrap up the the you know, 1980s section before we move on to the the next part. Anything else you guys want to say on the, you know, of the 80s and getting going and all that before we wrap this up? Any boys, Beth, you guys have any questions before we wrap that up? Yeah, they were a trying time, but we made it through. You know, and it was not unique to Dutch farms. No. Yeah. It was, we had, I guess it's a, a time when, you know, the, the, everybody was struggling around here. I knew so many farms that, that didn't make it. Uh, and then we had local farms around here, a couple farmers that committed suicide Yeah, be, because of it. And, um, and some had heart attacks, you know, just yeah. the stress of it all. It, yeah. it was a, it, it was it a was, tough time. It was trying times. It yeah. was trying times. We all come through it, you know, had to come through it. And it, uh, it probably makes the farmers, you know, that are still around a lot stronger today. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys with the time. I think it takes us right up to, you know, we've basically gotten in the Dutch farm story where the bank has given us more time. We were able to figure out how to put crops in. And uh, the next part of the story, I guess, is how do we, you know, how do we grow? So, you know, that, that, you know as I kind of look on that, maybe it's where we start talking about um, seed contracts, semis, hog building, you know, what we did to kind of evolve to where we're at today. Um, so I guess that's probably the next part of the story that I'd like to, you guys to share with us when we get time. Well, that sounds very good. Excellent. Well, thanks, guys, for the time. I really appreciate it. And Beth and the boys, you know, thanks for being here and, and being a part of it. It's uh means a lot to me. So I, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks.